Hi there and thanks for joining us. We are out and about this week celebrating the fact that it's summer but also celebrating the fact that our city is changing and we're on Princess Street to talk about how this area is leading the way for a new Cork that has embraced alfresco dining. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. So standing here on Princess Street, it's like an alternate reality to what this street would have looked like this time last year. And this is all part of the huge effort that's being made by Cork City Council, by the traders, by the restaurants and everybody to make this a more livable city during COVID-19. Genuinely, I'm surprised that it is such a success because I would have thought it would have taken a lot more to get to this point. Brian Ganey is the Assistant Chief Executive of Cork City Council. Brian, just to look at it today, here we are, traditional Irish summer's day where the rain isn't too far away, but we've got people sitting out and eating out and enjoying it, and it's great. Yeah. Look, uh, thanks, Jonathan. It's obviously uh, great for the council to be associated with this really, really important initiative. Um, You know, the traders engage with the council at a very early stage to make all of this happen. And, you know, we set up a cross-directorate team uh, to look at this, uh, met with the traders, and made this a reality very quickly. And I think, look, those uh, that have been to Princess Street and have experienced the atmosphere here, uh, I think everyone's taken what a real success this is. Now, the challenge will be uh, for the winter months uh, coming ahead. So what we're doing now currently, we're engaging with the traders to see how we can make this happen on a permanent basis going forward. But great to be associated with an initiative such as this. I've got to put it to you this wouldn't have happened without COVID. Um, To get all those stakeholders together, to get agreements, to get the City Council on board, we almost needed a crisis to bring it to this point. So is this the first time we can actually say COVID turned out to be a good thing for this reason alone? Yeah, look, I I think that's a fair point, Jonathan. I think what COVID has uh, allowed the City Council to do is really accelerate our policies that we had for the city, such as pedestrianisation, making Cork City a greener, more sustainable city going forward. And certainly, you know, initiatives such as Princess Street, and let's not forget the other 13 pedestrianised streets uh, that have happened in Cork. You know, we have... Uh, undertaken a consultation period a short consultation period on the, on the various streets and uh, it has delivered uh, all these really really uh, important pedestrianisations and initiatives that are really having a big big impact on visitors and the public coming into the city Brian you probably still have the battle scars from when you changed Patrick Street uh, and, that, and I don't want to do it again because I can see you're, you're traumatised looking even at the mention of it but we saw how difficult that was and how easy it was to do this. Has the council, I mean, and I hate to say it, but has the council learned a lot on how to engage with, deal with businesses in the last couple of years? Yeah, look, I, I think there's learning from every project uh, that's uh, the council or any any other public body undertake. But I think, look, the key learning, yeah, and I think for, for everyone is, is collaboration and engagement with key stakeholders at an early stage. And I think that was really... Uh, very important here you know building trust building authenticity and really making this happen and I think look you know and I've heard the traders themselves say this that early engagement with the council really was probably the key to making this uh, project a real success. There's a real sense that the city is undergoing a bit of a significant change if we look Patrick Street which is about 100 yards that way empty retail Debenhams we don't even want to go with the trauma that that has been wrought on the staff there 
big empty building, Monsoon is gone, uh, Evans is gone on the far side of the street. A lot of those British multiples, they're all gone, leaving us with a lot of space. Now, that creates a headache for the people who own those buildings, also for the consumers who can't go there anymore, but it's a big, big headache for you guys in the City Council because you need to make sure that they don't fall vacant because vacancy means dereliction, dereliction means the city looks bad. So what are you going to try and do to replace that type of retail that has been directly hit by COVID? Yeah, look, again, I suppose retail was under significant pressure from from online over the last number of years. And unfortunately, COVID uh, has really had a really damaging impact on on retail and businesses here in Cork City, but also, uh, you know, across Ireland itself and across the world. So really, I suppose our key plan now is, you know, we've launched uh, an issues paper for the new city development plan. So I suppose we're very open. Uh, to making uh, other uh, initiatives and measures here in the city that you know it just doesn't have to be retail we are open to other initiatives such as restaurants and shops but there will be a consultation period uh, to be undertaken for that but I think we do have to be careful then as well that we don't displace those businesses that you know that we can hear that we can see here today that operate from all the side streets off of Patrick Street so look uh, again we will be open for public consultation on this we are at the moment and really uh, we will look to see what changes can be made uh, in the in the medium term uh, for Patrick Street. Speaking to colleagues in Dublin, Dublin City Centre is dead um, and it, it shows you what can happen if you put all your eggs in one basket. So without the tourists, without the office workers, there is nobody in the city centre. Cork had a chance to go that way as well, people you know, moving out to suburbs, but the city feels alive. Uh, I know we're standing here in the middle of a lunchtime now, so it's going to be busy right now, but even in the evening times, even with the pubs closed and the restaurants closed, there's a, there's a sense that this can be a living, breathing city. The opportunity that has been presented by this, if we fail to grasp it further, uh, we might lose it for another 10 years and go back to rancour and fighting and so on and yeah. so forth. What are you hoping that businesses will do now to come to the council with ideas and, and, and will they get a sympathetic ear? And look, again, Jonathan, look, businesses uh, will always get a sympathetic ear from, from City Hall. Uh, they are under serious pressure. And I suppose, look, the government has put in place various initiatives such as the Business Restart Grant and a waiver uh, of commercial rates uh, for certain businesses over a six-month period. So I suppose, like those 14 pedestrianised streets that have already happened, you know, they've come into City Hall, they've engaged with us. We've carried out a very short consultation period with the public and we've made all that happen. So look, the clear message really, I suppose, is for the public in Cork and visitors to support uh, all these local businesses, uh, you know, that are operating here in the city. And as you say, it's great to see that the city is very vibrant, a number of people walking around. And, you know, a lot of people would have said that this couldn't happen, Um, but it is happening. And I think, you know, it's very important, as I say, that the, the public supports these really important initiatives. Let's touch on the other thing that you mentioned there, which is the greener element of this. So this is not quite green, uh, but... The cycle lanes, uh, and I know how you guys love cyclists in Cork City Council, but you're doing that now. You're putting more cycle lanes in. You're making it a more flexible city, uh, not quite removing the cars, but preparing for a time when there will be fewer. Um, what, what are you hoping to achieve with that? And, and are we still going to have cycle lanes that start and stop and start and stop? Are we trying to join the dots now? Uh, look, yeah, again, Jonathan, yeah, we're getting significant support from the National Transport Authority. Uh, so, you know, we're placing uh, temporary bollards across four kilometres of, or safety bollards across four kilometres 
of cycle lanes here in the in the city centre. We're also developing up to over six kilometres of cycle lanes here in the city or whatever as well, and upgrading uh, another four kilometres of cycle lanes. So look, really, uh, you know, we're. When the investment comes, certainly, you know, we're planning uh, a lot of cycle initiatives. So for getting that investment again, you know, we will make all of this happen. And I think over the next number of months, people will be particularly struck by the number of cycling initiatives that have been undertaken, which in fairness have been welcomed uh, by the uh, Cork Cycling Campaign. Do you wake up every morning going, I wonder what's after happening? Because this time last year we were fighting and everything was tooth and nail and everything was an objection and everything was we were trying to do the right thing but there was people with different ideas. The harmony in the city, and okay, it's not universal, I'll grant you that. Has it taken you by surprise? Yeah, look, I, I, I suppose in some respects, uh, you know, Irish people and Cork people by their nature, when a crisis comes, you know, people by and large work together. So I think, again, what you're seeing here is businesses with the public authorities, you know, the Gardaí, the HSE, all working together to make Cork uh, a safer, greener city. And, you know, certainly from a, a public service perspective, you know, these are our ratepayers, these are the people really to keep the city alive. So, you know, as a city council, then we have to support these businesses uh, in getting their business done and getting the public in to support them. And, and again, we're delighted to be associated with these various initiatives. Well, it's fantastic to hear local government being spoken about in a way that isn't negative in the commentary all the time. Um, I'm going down the street now to get a cup of tea because you, you didn't bring tea with you, but that's okay, that's understandable. But for now, Brian Ganey, uh, Assistant Chief Executive with Cork City Council, thanks very much for joining us, and I'm off to Nash 19. Thanks, Jonathan, thank you. Red Business, all that's best about business in Cork. So the last time I spoke to Claire Nash, she was at home in Kinsale. Her restaurant was very much closed. Uh, she was feeling rightly pissed off, and she didn't know when she was going to get in again fast forward to now and we are sitting on princess street on a lovely soft summer's day i think is the best description uh, we can put in it claire nash how do you feel at this exact moment in time weather aside weather aside how are you jonathan um i feel fab actually because last night we had probably the best night i've ever had trading in this city we had a charity night for arc as you probably know we're eating on the street we celebrated with the taste of Princess Street last night and all the restaurants um, in one big collaborative piece ran a big banquet dinner for 200 people with social distancing in full operation. We had Lord Mayor attend and we had one of the best nights I've ever had in our city. I, I drove home last night just smiling all the way home. We've done the long table dinner before but this really, really topped it. The atmosphere was magic. We all work together. We have, of course, since the last time I spoke to you, we've had weeks and months of preparing to get open. Um, a few of us got together and approached City Hall and the different stakeholders involved to get out on the street. And we probably were the first to be on our street, eat on the street. We've had the, we've had the first phase of it rolled out beautifully. And we've been sitting here now, Jonathan. It is a soft summer's day and we've just been talking about the need for the next phase I, I still enjoyed the fact that we had a cup of tea on a soft summer's day while sitting outdoors we never really explored this there and I, we, we were talking to Brian Ganey about the fact that it takes a good crisis to shake mm-hmm. things up mm-hmm. we never did this outdoor eating thing in this city before why well I think 
Princess Street had tried to do it before and we had worked with City Council three years ago. But we but what you need for eat on the street is a big buy-in. So you need buy-in from all your traders, not just your um, eateries. Now there are ten um, eateries on the street, let's call them, from two pizzas to the chocolatier, which we're just sitting right outside, which is about to open, I think, next week. And then you have one big bar, you have a few fine dining restaurants, and the whole lot of us just got together. You have Tito, the Spanish restaurant, and two Chinese's, which are about to come back on, on stream. But also, we have some lovely, lovely owner-operated businesses like Joyce's, Advanced Laser Light, Pearl River, Lee Travel, Cork Art Supplies, and all of them, all of them, bar none, said yes to this. Whereas the last time we went went at it, we had a bit of trepidation and a bit of not, not, not convinced buy-in. So this time we had many meetings. We just didn't throw our tables out in the street, Jonathan, which which we couldn't do, but, you know, because we'd have a health risk with that, we'd have a fire risk. Oh, we'd have a thousand reasons as to why yeah. you wouldn't do it. Now, where, where, where I'm sitting right now, and you're half in it, you can still see the markings on the ground, cars would have been parked here. Um, and kind of stupid because you weren't allowed to drive up this street because Oliver uh-huh. Plunkett Street is pedestrianised. Yes. And it kind of was a no-brainer. The fact that we've done it now, Claire, do you think, and you talk about the next phase, do you think that this is here to stay? Do you think that we will finally adopt the type of culture that we should have done years ago but always found a reason not to? Yeah, I think we will. I mean, it was probably something that was going to happen because last night now, for instance, it was 21 degrees on the street. Quite unusual, you might say. 21 degrees now, but it's raining. It's just a a warm rain. And 98% humidity, but anyway, it's so hot. Um, So we were... We always wanted to come out on the street, but if you don't have buy-in and like-minded people, I think, on a street, we're very lucky that this is a narrow street, Jonathan, and it did close from 11 to 5, so it was a half-closure, let's say, we were looking for. We want that 11 to 5 piece removed. And so now we all get our orders in early, we all get our deliveries in by 9.30, we have our business done, and we're ready and we're cracking on. And I think that's the beauty of this street, is that it is a small little chunky nice little neighbourhood everyone works together and this is definitely here to stay but the funny thing is it's spread from here because you know you walk out onto the mall and outside the imperial where there was just a footpath now there's lovely chairs you you see all the restaurants and, and, and Pembroke Street is another example all of a sudden there's a culture creeping in um, and you would have always advocated for that City Hall as we heard Brian would have said that you know they would have had different challenges in getting it done Never waste a good crisis. And, and I don't think that one thing we can say that came out of this awful situation is that we yes. finally changed the way we yes. are living in our city. We did. And as far as bringing my staff back and bringing the staff on the street back, it was the one yes that we got from them all is I would love to be out on the street. I'd like to be working like that. But, you know, we came back to a very tense situation. The minute somebody walks in, in our door still... They've masks on, they're frowning at us. My staff are frowning behind the masks. It is quite difficult, I, I think, behind, behind the door. But outside the door, on the street, people's shoulders go down, they have a glass of wine, they get a menu, they're relaxed, they're happy, they're safe. How has it been since you reopened? I mean, one of the first things I did when I got back to town was go in and have a breakfast. Uh, at the Little Corker, <laughs> with, 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 the, with the potato cake, which, which went down yeah. very well, right? Yeah. Um, as I promised you that I would do. But mm-hmm. it's it's different to be inside. Um, are people still reluctant to sit down inside, do you think? They're not reluctant. They are, I think people, and I spoke to you about it, I'd say that people have to trust. And they trust 
they trust me. I feel I'm here 28 years. They trust Nash 19. We put in all our health and safety policy protocol and procedures. And it has been hard to roll that out. I would say, you know, I think last Saturday was our first day, would you believe? And that was a whole month later. It was five weeks later. Last Saturday was the first evening that I sat with the team before we went home and said, you know what, I think we're nailing this. It's all a learning curve. It's very difficult. You have from the young people that may have been out quite a while. You have people with babies that have not been out at all. You have older people that have an expectation of, you know, you will look after them because they're older, that their city should still be the same. Everyone that comes in the door has a different expectation. And it's trying to fulfil those expectations with the art of restaurateurship and try to give a bit of hospitality behind a mask. It's, it is very difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't, if you're smiling behind the mask, you have to smile with your eyes because yeah, no one can do. see your face. You do. Um, have you had any hassle from people who didn't like having to do X, Y or Z? And is that hard to manage? I mean, you're, you're, you're notoriously straight talking, Claire. Um, have some people not played by the rules as much as you would have liked? Well, if you're talking about my team, I had one of my girls that took it on, Emma, and she came back before anyone came back. And she just said, right, I'm taking this COVID protocol and policies as my project. And she fulfilled every aspect of the EHO with our food safety company, with our fire, with everything. So I agreed what we would do and she has implemented it. And I had to get on with actually creating a menu that we could serve with social distancing and physical distancing, Jonathan, in the kitchen, which was the, the hardest thing for people to realise what we had to do. So, so you're, we, you're distancing upstairs as well? You have to, you have to. And then that, that curtails the, the, um, the depth of my menu. And a few of my customers want my entire menu on, but as yet, we haven't got it all on. We're nearly there. Because you can't have all these people, you know, traditionally you'd see like when, you know, when the past is very busy or when a kitchen, a grill is very busy, you've a lot of hands, but you're only meant to have two hands. I have to love the way that you expertly dodged that uh, question about whether there's been any hassle from customers. You Never complain and tell is obviously Claire's motto. Um, are you worried, Claire, that something might happen that causes all this to go backwards and, and that we might have to go back to a point at which you have to close or you have to maybe do takeaway only or, or god forbid you're back down and can sail telling me mm-hmm. you're pissed off mm-hmm. i think we probably won't close again i think i have changed um i've changed a lot inside the doors of the restaurant that i don't think we'd have to close the doors again i think we would go and do a lot of the takeaway piece um I think we'd have to change our model once again, but I am a bit worried. You know, I'm driving on, and we're all driving on, and we have to because our staff depend on us to do that. But if we have to close, it'll be a sorry day. I think the way we're behaving here on this street and in the city, in in the most part, I think we're doing very well. Um, we've had huge help from the Guard of Chicana in this, and they are every evening. They come up and down our streets we had a couple of little issues that have been ironed out of course you'll have public disorder now and again or little issues that might lead to it but the guards wanted this to be an outdoor space that worked and it certainly works last question I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. is lovely and all as it is not sure how lovely it'll be in November like we're on a, as I said soft summer day today uh, how are you going to put a roof on it and how is it going to be warm <laughs> so we're in the. We're actually now in the process of doing our next phase of Princess Street. We have a design team, and we are going to work um, with City Hall on this. 
to actually put in a proper permanent solution onto Princess Street. Our vision. So at, you're actually going to do yes, this. You're thinking of putting a roof on Princess Street in some shape or form. We are going to put some type of covering. John Spillane's um, going to have to change the song. I mean, I you, 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 have you talked to John Spillane about this? John Spillane was actually singing Princess Street to me last night. Um, but we have such enthusiasm now from City Hall. We have backing from all the other stakeholders what we need now is a very good piece of design work it's a narrow street it's not going to be like any other street we have individual owned premises so it's not a block of premises it's not going to be just a tag on because we still need to leave the street pedestrianized but yeah i think that we're doing it and well i know we're doing it we did an 80 page document for the first level of this jonathan to get through and city hall are working with us now to get the next stage done Okay, well, I look forward to being here someday, sitting under what might be a nice canopy, yeah. uh, with a little bit of heat in, mm-hmm. in November, Wouldn't when COVID is a long, distant memory, yeah. and we all go, wasn't it great that something good came out of something terrible? Claire, I'm delighted to see you with the apron on, back behind the <laughs> counter, where you belong, uh, and, and serving your customers with the smile that you always have. Claire Nash of Nash 19, thank you for joining us. Thank you, business. Jonathan. Thank you. My thanks to Claire and Brian and we wish everybody both on Princess Street and elsewhere across the city centre who are dining outdoors in the next few weeks the very best of luck. Don't forget you can download every episode of Red Business from redextra.ie. Neave Hennessy was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one.